Hello and welcome back to the Football Fan Central podcast. Now, today we're on the fourth episode, so again, thank you so much for the support up to up to this point, and hopefully you guys are enjoying it and are going to carry on enjoying it. Today I'm joined by Ethan Can and Jay Chotai, who are Fulham fans and Man United fans, respectively, and have both been on it before, so I'd like to welcome them back. But before we talk to them, I'd like to have a look at last week's scores that George Compton and George Crennan predicted with me. So the first game we looked at was a championship game, Preston North End versus Derby. Me and Compton both went for 2-0 wins to Derby and Crennan went for a 2-2 draw and that was a 1-0 win to Derby. The next game was our first Prem game and it was Sheffield United versus Spurs. I went for a 2-0 Spurs win, George Crennan went for a 3-1 Spurs win and George Compton went for a 1-0 Spurs win. So we all went for Spurs wins, but it was in fact 3-1 to Sheffield United, which was quite surprising considering their form. The next game was probably the biggest of that week, although it didn't really mean much, but it was Man City versus Liverpool. I went for 2-1 to Man City, Crennan went for a 2-2 draw and Compton went for 2-0 to Man City. Overall, Man City absolutely thumped Liverpool and it was 4-0. Next was Portsmouth versus Oxford, which was the first leg of the League One semi-final. So we predicted it overall. So we don't actually have the overall result yet, of course. I went for 4-2 overall, Compton went 4-1 overall and Crenning just went for a general Portsmouth win. So far it's 1-1. So me and Compton could still get that right if, for me, Portsmouth win 3-1 in the second leg and Portsmouth win 3-0 for Compton in the second leg. Next was Wickham versus Fleetwood. I went for 2-1 to Wickham. Compton went 2-1 to Wickham and Crennan just went for a Wickham win. And it was 4-1 to Wickham in the first leg, which no one really expected because, like Compton said, Wickham only got into the playoffs due to points per game. So for them to smash it so well is kind of ridiculous, really. And 4-1 means that for me and Compton and Crennan, because he didn't predict a score, that means our predictions are out the window because Wickham have already scored four. So... Well done to them. And now we'll go over to Jay and Ethan to discuss next week's Premier League games, Jack Grealish and Lionel Messi. So on last week's podcast, of course, we spoke about Liverpool winning the league and that was due to Chelsea being City. But Liverpool then had to go to City and no one was really expecting them to get an amazing result because obviously they're a great team, but they had nothing to play for. Whereas City kind of wanted to prove that they could be one of the big teams next season. And they really did. So they beat Liverpool 4-0. And do you think this was kind of just a dropping concentration from the Liverpool team? Do you just think City has overall stepped up? What do what do you guys think about that? I think it's a bit, a bit of both. I think I've always said Man City on their day are the best team in the world. They've got the quality. They just need the concentration. I think that's what Liverpool were lacking. They didn't need to concentrate. They'd probably been partying a couple of days before anyway. I think Liverpool could have, should have done much better. They had a strong team out, but they weren't concentrating. And Man City can be the best team. So I think they just proved their quality there. Yeah, Liverpool did put out their best team and Jurgen Klopp was very disappointed about the result. But yeah, overall lack of concentration. I think having partying for two days and adjusting, they couldn't just get into it. But I've got to say, De Bruyne was class. Did made some good passes, scored a penalty. Um, Phil Foden, young talent, did very well as well. Scored a goal. Nice little one-two. Uh, yeah, I think 
I think you're right about Foden. I mean, he started playing for Pep Guardiola a, a lot more since after lockdown. And it's been in the recent games that he's kind of shown his class. Um, so do you guys think he's probably one of the more promising teenagers? Do you think that he does get into the England team over Grealish and Madison now? Or do you still not think he's quite at that level? I think on recent performance, he does uh, deserve it over Madison and Grealish. I think for Man City, he, he has been vital. I don't know why they're not starting him, to be honest. I've watched a couple of games from him after the restart. He's been quality. I think he is probably the best youngster in the Premier League at the moment. I wouldn't be surprised if he got an England call-up because Gareth Southgate loves young players. Like In the World Cup, all he did was play out young players and they did really well. They got to the semis and I think that's what he's looking for in Foden, give him some experience. He'll let him shine on the big stage. And so I think he should get more starts with City as well. Yeah, I think you're right. And I think he he will as well because Pep Guardiola rates him really highly and David Silva's retiring at the end of this season or, or moving away from City. And I think Foden will definitely get a chance. But like we are saying right now, City put in a great performance against Liverpool. But they then went to Southampton and lost 1-0. Shea Adams, who hasn't scored a goal in 20 or so appearances for Southampton, Missed a chance early on, but then he definitely made up for it. Edison off his line, which is something that we've seen a bit this season in the fact that Edison comes out and plays with his feet. That's what Pep Guardiola likes with him. And Shea Adams just looped it over him, or maybe not even looped, he just smashed it over him. And it was a great finish. And so do you guys think that it's just a drop in City's concentration again, like we said about Liverpool? Or do you think Southampton just did put on a great performance? I think Man City could have done a much better job in that game. They should have been more clinical. They but they were on top of the whole game. And I think, yeah, that is how they play with Edison coming out, uh, playing rush goalie for, to support that back four. But at the end of the day, Southampton did very well behind the ball, defending it. The goalie did very well and it was a beautiful goal by Adams. Well, coming back to your point about Edison playing with his feet on the line, that's what Pep Guardiola takes. He takes risks. He likes that philosophy of football, tiki-taka. But it has cost them this time. And Southampton defensively great. Um, McCarthy, was it McCarthy? Yeah, the goalkeeper. He made some brilliant saves, double saves as well. So they deny Gabriel Jesus multiple times, I think, as well. So Southampton, and that was a good goal. Shea Adams as well from the chip, just catching Edison from his line. So well played Southampton. Yeah, well, yeah, definitely well played Southampton because Man City, of course, they always do have a lot of shots. And like you say, McCarthy was absolutely brilliant in goal. I watched um, the first half and bits of the second half and he just made some brilliant saves because City are always going to dominate games against teams like Southampton in more possession and more shots. But Southampton just handled it really well. And I was watching it thinking... Like just try and keep the ball or at least just hit it along. But whenever they got the ball, they, they just kind of passed it for a bit and then maybe gave it away. But then everyone came behind the ball. And it was one of them things where you say defending starts with the attackers because it, it did. Everyone was behind the ball and that worked so well for them. And Hassan Hootal for Southampton is an excellent manager. And I was talking about this to a few friends the other day. And we said that he could be at Spurs in the next few years, I think, because obviously Mourinho is getting a bit older now. And if he can get Southampton a top half finish, 
with kind of an average team, he's done really well. So I think he's a great manager and his tactics implemented against Man City obviously really worked. And on to the other Manchester team in Man United. They have looked great recently with, you know, Rashford's Martial, Pogba being back, Fernandez really stepping up to the side and Greenwood getting into the side as well. Since the restart, they've looked brilliant and probably the most on-form team in the league. What do you guys, do you guys think they can challenge for the title next season? Do you think they'll still kind of get third or fourth? And do you think they do have kind of world-class players? I think um, they'll definitely get a top four next season. I think they're going to find it much easier to gel. And especially with Greenwood in now, he's going to have much more experience going into the new season. But I don't think they're going to be pushing for the title. And I just think they do lack a bit of experience in the team, a bit of title-winning experience they probably need to win the title. So I think I don't think they're getting the top two, but I think third or fourth would be a good place for Man United to be next season. Attacking-wise, Man United can easily challenge for the top four. I think Ole Gunnar Solskjaer even said Greenwood's like one of the best finishes he's ever seen. Recently scored two great goals. Martial, Rashford, they they all scored as well. Rashford got his first uh, during lockdown uh, after lockdown, so he he was playing well, but he need, he didn't. The end product just wasn't there. And then Martial also scoring a goal that just bent into the corner, top right. He's been great as as you said, Will. he's proved me wrong because said he was lacking in finishing yeah exactly and it was a great finish and he did score a hat-trick obviously in was it the game before that I think yeah he did yeah yeah he looks great and yeah it's nice to see him stepping up really because when he first joined people doubted him and then he went up and he's been a bit up and down but if he keeps playing like he he is he can fit into that side well with Rashford Greenwood and Bruno and on to from one on form team to another and on to Everton. So they're kind of probably not as expected to do as well as they have been, although they're not as high up in the table. But Carlo Ancelotti has done really wonders recently at Everton. So Calvert Lewin looks brilliant with Richarlison up front. And Sigurdsson looks great. Mason Holgate's come into the side at centre back. So do you guys think Everton could be in that top six place instead of kind of maybe Wolves? Or do you think they'll still be getting seventh or eighth where they where they kind of have always been known to finish? I think it's hard to judge because especially with the league at the moment, Sheffield United, we don't know if they're going to stay up there. Uh, Burnley, who's, who's above them at the moment, they're a shaky team most times. Leicester, we don't know where they're going to finish. But I don't think they'll get in there. Nowhere near the top six. I don't. They might get eighth if they're lucky. But I think recently they've been playing really well. But I just think they lack uh, world class abilities in front of goal and defending their goal. Yeah, Everton had a good win last last game. I think Richarlison and Sigerson scored. Sigerson hasn't had a great season this year, but hopefully this can boost his confidence. Obviously, Calvert Lewin, Richarlison, attacking wise, they're looking like a threat. And I believe they can come sixth next season if they maintain this form. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I think it's going to be a really close season next season in the fact that kind of the, the top two will probably be set on City and Liverpool, but United and and Chelsea can definitely push for that. And then you kind of got Wolves, Arsenal, Spurs, Everton, Leicester. They will all be rounds that kind of sixth place mark and, and they'll all want to push into the top six. 
So that will be really interesting to see. And if we go on to a player who is playing in the relegation zone at the minute for Aston Villa, Jack Grealish. Now, for me, I'm definitely not a fan of Aston Villa and not a fan of Jack Grealish either. But as much as I hate to say it, he has looked like a great player. He's captained Aston Villa this season and probably been that only standout player along with maybe Tyrone Mings. But he's looked looked brilliant. And do you guys think that Grealish will get a move away to kind of a top six side? Or do you think he'll end up kind of mid-table? And do you think he could get an England call up ahead of Madison and maybe Foden? I feel that Foden at this moment in time is still better than him and deserves a call up or more game time for England more. But I think Grealish does deserve a bigger move. Maybe to a club at least like Everton, like that area. Maybe even Tottenham or Man United. But at the moment, he has played really well for Aston Villa and it's just been unlucky with their their results. Grealish has been linked to Man United, but I feel like if he went there, that wouldn't be a great move. Man United have got way too much, too many attackers, so I don't think he'll get enough game time. I think he even said himself he wants to be the one-man wonder in Aston Villa, so I think he's content where he is at the moment. Yeah, yeah, like you say, that's, that's a good point. I think maybe before Bruno came, he would love to be there, but for me, Bruno Fernandes is a much better player than Jack Grealish. And I think maybe he could join a team like Chelsea, but then again, they've just signed uh, Zaik and they also have players like Mason Mount who and Ross Barkley even, who are still around the starting eleven. so I doubt if they'd want to spend a lot on someone like Jack Grealish, but I can definitely see him at somewhere like Tottenham or even Arsenal because obviously Ozil isn't going to play much at the minute. And I think he will definitely leave Villa, definitely if they go down, let alone if they survive relegation. So now we'll go on to the third week of Predict the Scores. On Tuesday, Arsenal host Leicester. And whilst Arsenal have been on better form, Leicester are above them in the table, still in a Champions League spot. And Arsenal have been expecting to do better overall this season. But like I say, they have been on better form. They've won their last four, whereas Leicester have only won one out of their last five matches. So for me... I think it's a 3-2 win to Arsenal considering they're at home and they've won their last four. Yeah, I agree. It's going to be a very close game and I think Leicester might struggle with the attacks of um, Lacazette and Aubameyang. So I think it's going to be close, but I'm going to go for 2 Um Yeah, Arsenal did have a good 2-0 win against Wolves and they did look good, Lacazette scoring. And Saka, he's quite promising. And Jamie Vardy, I think Leicester won as well against Crystal Palace. Jamie Vardy scored two. But I think Arsenal, they are starting to look a bit more sharper, so I'm going to go with a 2-0 Arsenal win. Yeah, I think that's that's a great shout from, from both of you, really. I think, like you say, Ethan, it will be a close game. And Jay, I, I, I agree with the uh, Arsenal win. And also on Tuesday in the Championship, Fulham hosts Forest. So being a Fulham fan, we have started to pick up a bit, get a few wins, beat Birmingham in the 95th minute, just about. And I'd love to say, yeah, I'd love to say that we we will win, but Forrest are also looking on good form. They drew to Derby last time out, uh, but they've been the most on-form team in the league. So for me, I think it's going to be a 1-1 draw. I'm going to go for 2-0 Nottingham Forest, only because I think Fulham, as by watching them, has just struggled against the top teams. We always struggle against Brentford struggled against Derby, 
we always struggle against the top teams and I think it's going to be another one where we're going to be on top possession is every game and they're just going to score against us yeah both teams very tight in the table fourth and fifth uh, Nottingham Forest they, they drew didn't they and Fulham won I'm going to go with 2-1 Nottingham Forest win yeah, I mean, that's fair enough. I, I can't believe having two Fulham fans, we've, we've gone for a draw and a loss and then obviously another loss from Jay. But I, I mean, when when the game comes around, I'm going to be so optimistic and saying we're about to go up. But I mean, looking at it now, I'm not very optimistic. And moving on to Wednesday, it is Sheffield United versus Wolves. So both of these teams are still looking for a place in Europe, probably now Europa League, Champions League, probably a bit too far. Sheffield United have had some bad games recently and lost quite a few. But last time out, they did beat Spurs 3-1, whereas Wolves have won three out of their four, but did lose their last game against Arsenal. So I think Wolves are probably on better form, but then Sheffield United won their last game. So for me, I think it's going to be another close game and I'm going to go for another 1-1 draw. I think that's a shout, but I'm going to go for a 1-0 Wolverhampton Wanderers. Um, I think Wolves, they need to revive after what happened after lost, losing to Arsenal 2-0. They didn't, they didn't play bad, but they didn't play well. But So I think Wolves will win 2-0. Uh, I think they'll win comfortably. And on to another game on Wednesday, which is another championship game, the second one of this week's guests of predictions. It's West Brom versus Derby. So it's a massive game for Derby recently. So they're seventh place and three points off uh, sixth place Cardiff and West Brom a second, but only five points ahead of Brentford. So they'll want to win to kind of make sure they have their place in the automatics. But both teams are really in great form. Derby have won a lot before they drew 1-1 to Forest last week. And after drawing to Birmingham on the opening day after lockdown, West Brom have kind of really revived themselves. So for me, it's going to be a close game, but I think Derby might just edge it. And I'm going to say a 2-1 Derby win. That's a shout. I feel like West Brom are going to want to prove to everyone that they are a Premier League team, especially with Derby. You're always up in the top six, but never quite make it. So I think it's going to be close, but I think West Brom are just going to nick it 3-2. Yeah, I think West Brom, they've had good wins recently, 4-2, and they won uh, 3-0 against Sheffield Wednesday and Hull City. But I do think um, Derby, they've got a lot to prove. They want to try and get that top six to try and get a place for the championship. So I think Derby will be more motivated. So I'm going to go with a 2-1 Derby win. Yeah, I think that, like you say, Ethan, it could go either way. But I'm saying 2-1 as well to Derby. And we'll kind of skip forward to Sunday's game, which is the North London derby. So Tottenham host Arsenal. And again, Arsenal are on really good form, especially after winning uh, against Wolves. But Tottenham, not as much. Uh, For me, Tottenham are probably the better side. And I think Mourinho usually gets the best out of his players for kind of big games. He kind of struggles against random teams that are lower down. But when it comes to teams in the top six, he seems to do a lot better. So for me, I think Tottenham will win 2-1. I feel like I've been watching the Tottenham highlights a lot recently. And I feel like they've been very poor, I think, in the midfield and defensively connecting up. I think it's been very poor from Tottenham. I know Arsenal are always a bit of a shaky team. You never know really what's going to happen. But I reckon it's going to be an Arsenal 2-0 win. 
Coming back to your point, Will, about Mourinho, I think Mourinho, he's, he's got a really good record against Arsenal. He knows how to deal with that, the sort of team. He'll, be, he'll have a defensive mindset. So I think Tottenham, despite they're, they're not in great form, although they are winning 1-0 against Everton right now, I think Tottenham will get the win. 2-0. No, sorry, 2-1 Tottenham. Yeah, I, I think, again, this all the games this week that I've kind of gone through could definitely go either way because there's teams that might look better on paper, but then the other teams on better form. So I think it'll be really close and it's kind of good week of football to watch, really. So moving on from the predictions, we're going to move on to a bit of European football and looking at Messi. So obviously the big news was that he's kind of looking to move away uh, or when his contract expires, which is the end of next season, I believe. Uh, and one of the reasons why was because he's kind of being, not accused, but fans and uh, fans of other clubs even have been saying that he's kind of more powerful than the manager because the board rate him so highly and really want him to say that he's kind of the one that gets the say in the transfers and the ones who picks the teams. So do you guys think that, that that's the case, that Messi is that high rated? He does have more authority over the manager. Um, I don't... I feel like everyone looks up to him in the club, especially the players. But I, I still feel that he would know his place and that the manager would have more power over him because he, at the end of the day, he's a footballer. He's not the manager. He's not in the leadership roles. But I think he is. He will stay at uh, Barcelona. It's been his club his whole life, and he's getting thirty-three now. By the end of next season, he could be thirty-four, thirty-five. I wouldn't see any more any point in moving. So I reckon he'll stay at Barcelona. Yeah, Messi's had his dream at Barcelona, and I think the Barcelona president did also say that Messi will end his career at Barcelona. Yeah, it, it's interesting because, like you say, he spent his whole career at um, at Barcelona. And if he does move away, I can only see it kind of being for an Argentinian team, but he has pretty much grown in, grown up in Spain his whole life. So that probably is quite unlikely to happen. But one of the things I have, one of the clubs I've seen him being linked to is Juventus. And do you guys think at this stage of of his career and of Ronaldo's career as well, you would like to see them playing together just for, what, the last year or two of probably their them playing at the top flight? Would you like to see that or do you just think it's kind of pointless and they should just keep doing what they're doing separately? I think every football fan would be stupid if they didn't said they didn't want to see it because I think it would be amazing for football. But I, I think it's very unlikely that Messi will move away anyway. And I think I think I would quite like to Messi just to play his whole career at Barcelona and can just see what he can do there and just see what records he can break and records he can continue to break at Barcelona. But I think it would be very entertaining if they were both in there. Syria. As a personal Messi fan, I don't. I actually don't want him to to move to Juventus. I don't think him and Ronaldo. I don't think they could work together. And Messi also he he's had his he's had, he's had his dream at Barcelona. Like why would he want to move? Especially not to the same team as Ronaldo. Yeah, I think in some respects, I see the points of of both the sides. For me, I agree with Ethan that I'd like to see them both at the same club. But then again, it would be weird to watch because like Ronaldo and Messi, they although obviously they don't hate each other like as people, they've always been massive rivals and yeah. maybe that's kind of the way they should stay because that's the way people are gonna remember them. And if suddenly they start playing for the same club, it's gonna be gonna be a bit weird. And also I think kind of the end of next year, Ronaldo's probably gonna 
have moved away from Juventus anyway. So I don't even think they will end up playing together. But I mean, if it does happen, it would be interesting to watch, definitely. If Messi and Ronaldo are on the same team, I think they'd be fighting for goals and it it would actually like it would actually ruin the team. I think Juventus would actually it would cause disputes, arguments. And I just think yeah, they wouldn't yeah. pass the ball and I think they lose that philosophy and Oh, yeah, that's Mane and Salah, isn't it? Basically <laughs> just Salah. Yeah, so, yeah no, to be fair, Jay, that's a that's another great point. And Juventus might not want to risk that. And plus, adding those two wages up together must be yeah, an unreal amount of money a week. That must be ridiculous. I, I can't imagine... If they got the pick. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I've, well, I mean, if you're a massive football club, you wouldn't say no to paying it, would you? But... That must they must earn an absolute like mad load. Thank you to Ethan and Jay joining me on today's episode. It was great to have you guys, and thank you for all the support on the episode so far. Hopefully, you enjoyed this one. Don't forget to check out the website, our Twitter, our Instagram, and our Facebook page. Thank you. Shout out to my Snapchat story.